pretend that you have been invited to introduce a very special guest at an event. And though you've known about this guest for a really long time, you suddenly realize you don't really know very much about him. You know about the things that the guest does, but you can't really describe the guest as a person. That's kind of the way it is for many Christians when we think about the Holy Spirit and we know about God the Father, we know about Jesus Christ the Son, but who's the Holy Spirit? Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit to his disciples with these words, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. So we see the Holy Spirit is God. So he is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is ever-present. And the Holy Spirit is a he, not an it. Sometimes we think of the Holy Spirit because he expresses himself in the presence. We kind of think of the presence as being like an it. But a person, Holy Spirit is a person. And the scripture says the Holy Spirit was there during creation. He's the presence of God who provides that constant source of courage and strength to live for Jesus. There's a story told about a little boy who wanted to go fly a kite, and so he waited until the conditions were just right. It's a lovely, windy day, and he took out that kite, and it could go higher and higher, and the wind took it up, up, up. Finally, it got so high that it was out of sight. And then a man came by, and he was looking up. He didn't see anything, and so he asked the boy, what are you doing? And the boy answered, oh, I'm flying a kite. And the man countered, well, I can't see anything. How do you know that it's still there? And the boy replied, because I can feel it. Although we cannot see the Holy Spirit, we should be able to sense his work in our lives, changing us into the image of Christ. And so today we're going to look at two ways that we are changed. One, we experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit, and two, we demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit. And both of those are so essential in our lives. We're going to be looking at a little more scripture than usual, and it will be coming up on the screen for you to see. Do you remember the movies where someone gets lost in the desert, and the sun is beating down on them, and they're exhausted, they're almost at the end of their strength, and they're crawling across the sand and desperately pleading, water, water. It seems impossible, there's no water in sight, but ta-da, 
drink the water until they're satisfied. And they stay by that oasis so they can drink the water whenever they need. In the passage in John, Jesus had come to the Feast of Tabernacles, or the Feast of Booths, and this was a week-long celebration established by Moses, where the people celebrated their exodus from Egypt and remembered their wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. They didn't have a permanent dwelling place. So they would construct temporary booths or tents from tree branches. Over time, began to incorporate celebrating the gift of harvest, thanking God for his provision. As I said, the festival lasted for one week, and on the seventh day, it was called Roshana Rabba. And during that time, they made prayers for rain. And in ancient times, these prayers accompanied a ceremony in which water from the pool of Siloam was poured onto the temple altar. So Jesus taught in the temple during this feast, and it was on, what day do you think? The seventh day. Roshana Rabbah, when he stood up to get the attention of the crowds and said, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scripture declares, rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Wow, what a declaration to emphasize the life-giving water that comes from the Lord. Jesus might have had Isaiah 12.3 in mind that says, With joy you shall draw water from the wells of salvation. Or maybe he thought of Isaiah 58.11, The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. And we know that Jesus had a conversation with a woman at the well in Samaria. And he said to her, everyone who drinks this water at the well will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Where does this living water come from? Yes, the Holy Spirit. And when he, Jesus, said living water, he was speaking of the Spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. We know what it's like to be physically thirsty Oh, and then how wonderful it is to have a cool drink of refreshing water. Our spiritual thirst can be quenched by the living water of the Holy Spirit. 
the promise of his constant flowing river of life applies to everyone who comes to Jesus and believes in him. And it also applies to believers who may feel spiritually dissatisfied. So here are just some signs of spiritual dissatisfaction. This is by no means an exhausted list. You yearn to be of service, but you have no idea what you have to contribute and why it even matters. You frequently worry that you're not good enough, smart enough, thin enough, young enough, or fill in the blank enough. You feel like a victim of circumstances that are beyond your control. You feel like your daily life is meaningless and task-driven. You often feel helpless, hopeless, and pessimistic. And here's a few more. You feel disappointed with life. You feel frustrated at your level of holiness. You just don't like where you are in your relationship with the Lord. And you long for a closer relationship with God. And through our personal heart-to-heart -heart relationship with Jesus, the river of the Spirit flows into you and then out of you to bless others. The living water is not stagnant. It is always fresh, always moving. Yes, on the outside, life might not be easy. But deep down, the Holy Spirit flows continuously like a river of living water. Now, the best that I could think of was a hose, and this is probably not the greatest analogy, but here's a hose. Pretend that it's hooked up to a source of water, and this source of water never turns off. So think of the water that flows as the Holy Spirit. And think of the hose as yourself. So as you turn on the water, it starts from the source and it fills all the way through the hose. And this morning when we were trying to set this up, there was still water that <laughs> was coming out even though it was turned off. So the water doesn't turn off, but what happens? You can stop the flow. You, those of you that uh, water your yard kind of a more old-fashioned way, you don't have the underground sprinklers that are so amazing, you have to deal with hoses, right? And yes, you can stop the flow of the water from coming out of the hose, by putting a kink, or more than one kink in it. It's not coming out. But the water's still there. So we need to look at our lives and untangle that kink so that fresh living water can flow. And it's not meant to be stagnant. It's meant to give away. I think maybe there's water. <laughs> yes, maybe someone will get some. 
water. It's meant to flow through, so you are refreshed, but it's meant to go out to be a blessing to others. So we enjoy the fullness of the Holy Spirit that is cleansing, restoring, satisfying living water. Our lives become a source of God's life to others. The Holy Spirit flows through us and out to them. And the fullness of the Spirit leads to the fruit of the Spirit that shows in our Lives. The passage that Sue read in Galatians 5, it mentions the Holy Spirit seven times, and no passage in the Bible draws a clearer contrast between the lifestyle of the spiritual believer and that of the person controlled by the sinful nature rather than God. Galatians and that passage provides the greatest contrast. We live by the Spirit and are led by the Spirit, and our single minded lifestyle is called the fruit of the Spirit. This is produced in Christ's followers as we allow the Holy Spirit to direct and influence our lives and help us to walk in fellowship with God. Our lives can make a difference. Our lives can be a source, a blessing to other people every day. The Proverbs 11.30 says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. <laughs> the image of that tree of life is a beautiful picture of God's favor. It shows up often in Scripture, and it's closely connected to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit empowers us to live that kind of righteous life that pleases the Lord and produces fruit. So, Galatians 5, 23 and 22 and 23, as we heard earlier, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And we probably, those of us that have grown up in church or gone to Sunday school, this probably was one of the verses we got to memorize. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these things. John Wesley said, the fruit of the Spirit is the witness of the Spirit. They are the result of the Spirit's work in those who acknowledge Christ as Lord and Savior. So notice that the word fruit is singular. It doesn't say the fruits of the Holy Spirit. It says the fruit. So the fruit of the Spirit is moral character, 
developed by the power of the Spirit. And those nine characteristics, they form a unity, a picture of perfectly formed Christ-like character. This fruit is what? Perfectly formed Christ-like character looks like. That's our goal. Do we walk it out perfectly? No way. <laughs> I would be the first to say, I do not have fully developed fruit of the Spirit in my life. But that's my desire. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who does the work in us as we are open, as we are an unkinked hose. The Holy Spirit does that work as we trust God's saving grace. Moral fruitfulness is also a common theme in the Old Testament. The promise of the Spirit is connected often to fruitfulness. Isaiah 32, 15 through 17 says, Until at last the Spirit is poured out on us from heaven, then the wilderness will become a fertile field, and the fertile field will yield bountiful crops. Justice will rule in the wilderness and righteousness in the fertile field. And this righteousness will bring peace. Yes, it will bring quietness and confidence forever. Look at the blessing. Look what happens when the Spirit is poured out from heaven. Beautiful. And Jesus also taught that the genuineness of his followers would be demonstrated by good fruit from their lives. And he promised the presence of the Spirit and communion with him would produce fruit, especially the fruit of love, from which all virtues flow. Paul emphasized toward the end of that chapter, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Emphasize again, in every part of our lives. Everything we need for growth is found in that sweet relationship with Him. And it's through that relationship that that is the way for fullness of the Holy Spirit and fruit of the Holy Spirit. I believe that the Holy Spirit has been nudging our hearts this morning. And so during our time of reflection and response, Let's continue to be open to the Lord and allow him to speak to us about the areas of fullness and fruitfulness. And so certainly we can ask ourselves these questions or we can just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. How satisfied are you with your walk 
with God. Where do you sense that there is a kink in your hose? Ask the Lord to reveal those areas where we release control and surrender to the Spirit's fullness. And how are you doing in living in the fruit of the Spirit? Where would you like for yourself to grow when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit? Ask the Lord to show you practices that will help you cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. So we're going to have a time of worship and song again, and then I want to pray with you about receiving the, the fullness of the Spirit and having the fruit of the Spirit.